0: just doing a rebel yell here to kind of kick the Stan Freeburg show off, you know what I mean?
1: There's a yellow rose in Texas that I am going to see. Nobody else could miss her, not half as much as me. I cried, all and I Excuse me, Th- that's just a shade loud on the snare
0: drum. I say, that's just a shade loud. Li- you idiot. Hold oh, it, I say. Wait, wait a minute, what's all the noise about? Who are you? I'm Stan Freeberg. Well, how can that be? I mean, I'm Stan well, Freeberg. Well, I mean to say I'm the recorded Stan Freeberg, you know. Well, I'm the live Stan Freeberg, and I'll thank you to get back on the record, will well, you? L- Listen, you what? smart-aleck Yankee. What do you mean, You're smart-aleck Yankee? Man. Be quiet, Freeberg. You'll what be you? quiet, Freeberg. I appreciate it. Yeah, but listen, what... Day-o.
2: Day-o.
0: Ah. Listen, you keep out of this, will you? You're on another record. Okay, hold it, hold it, you guys. Wait a minute. Who are you? My name is Saint George. I'm a knight. No, no, not you. I mean the uh, the other the other guy. I told you I'm Stan Freebird. Not you. I mean all these other people.
2: We're we all oh, Stan Freebird. Strike,
0: <laughs> People, 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 people. We've forgotten something. Wow. We forgot to open the show!
2: This is the first show
1: of the series of the brand new radio series. The CBS Radio Network presents the Stan Freebird Show with the music of Billy May. Plus the songs of Peggy Taylor, with Don Butler, June Foray, Peter Leeds, and the Judd Podlin with the No, you still look for us on TV. Because in case you did not know, we being brought to you on. Brought to you one
0: Thank you very much. Well, it took so long to open the show. that's so just time to say thank you for being with us, and good night, everybody!
2: <laughs>
1: just kidding, just kidding. Oh, Stan. Oh, uh, yes? The sheep have
0: arrived. Oh, good. So I hear. From week to week, we will be bringing you, let us uh, just say, rather unusual guest attractions, including an interview with the abominable snowman, blueprints for a build-it-yourself swamp, And 3D stereopticon slides of the Johnstown Flood with the original cast. (laughs) Today, however, in honor of Bastille Day, we bring you direct from the Basque region of France, uh, Monsieur Marcel Toulet and his original tuned sheep chorus. Uh, Due to a linguistical barrier, Monsieur Toulet's friend, uh, Mr. Devereux, I believe it is, will interpret uh, for us. Is that uh, right, sir? Monsieur.
2: <laughs>
0: it's a great pleasure to interpret for CBS Radio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Well, the pleasure's ours, Mr... Uh, Devereux. Devereux. Uh, ask your friend, if you will, please, uh, what kind of sheep uh, these are. Monsieur Tullet. <laughs> L'enverree Et le <laughs> It's a gray one. <laughs> I see. Well, what are these little bells tied around the sheep's neck? I noticed that. Will you ask him what they are for? Uh, Monsieur Tullet. L'on te la <laughs> pox, ding-ding, ding-ding, ding-ding. What? Eh, il y a He says, a lot of sheep have bells. For this sheep are tuned, so as to make the chromatic scales which he makes use of by knocking the sheep on the head with his crook a signal to them to ring the bell. He do it like this. In this manner, he can play different songs. Well, that's very nice. I suppose he's going to play a little uh, <laughs> "Baba Black Sheep" for us, or something equally as appropriate. I ask him, Monsieur Tulet, to perche Baba Black Sheep, Oh, he's very offended, monsieur.
3: That sounded uh,
0: He says these sheep play only cool jazz, man. <laughs> well, tell him on uh, behalf of CBS Radio, I certainly didn't want to put down his sheep, but the. Uh, <laughs> he say, never mind, this no job. <laughs> I see. Well, tell him, okay. Come and say. Uh, that means start. Oh, that's very nice.
3: Monsieur et madame. Ah. Commencez. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no.
0: Very much, so much for the tune sheep. She is worth all the trouble we went to. We uh, had a little jurisdictional dispute between the American Federation of Musicians and the 4-H Club. <laughs> Seriously, it is our plan to give occasionally on this series what I call, simply for want of a better title, Freeberg's Fables. Tonight we present our first one. Please remember that it is only a fable, and any resemblance between the city we depict and any real Nevada city is purely. Coincidental. Ladies and gentlemen, we present Incident at Los Varosis.
3: mighty city, and she worshipped a silver bird, the dice were rolling, and the living was high, when that certain incident occurred, it was 1960
0: when the incident occurred, that's almost ten years ago. We feel it only fitting on the anniversary of the incident that we go back and reconstruct for you the events that led up to it. It all started with a notorious rivalry between the two famous Los Varosis nightclubs, the El Sodom and the Rancho Gomorrah. Perhaps you recall the publicity. Early in 1960, the feud got pretty hot when the El Sodom owner, Sam Mohammed, opened his new club with an unusually lavish review. The usual line of chorus girls opened the show with all 386 teeth gleaming.
2: We are the girls of the new Alphottom. Just look at us, Scott. We hope you came here with a lot of money to lose at the table. But if you didn't, we will loan you a G and take a second project on your family. We are the girls of the new
0: this tender opening was quite a musical extravaganza. They had borrowed the 120 Radio City Music Hall rockets, had 119 costume changes, and featured Fats Domino on the contrabassoon. They were doing rock around Romeo and Juliet, and business was booming. But, so
1: what lies through yonder window breaks.
2: <laughs>
1: it is the East and Juliet is the gun.
2: Romeo, where the heck are thee? Oh Romeo, where the heck are thee? I'll be right close the deck your balcony. Our love has left its mark on me. My heart bears it, just like the Marlborough man's tattoo. My heart wears it, laced up just like a blue suede shoe. Rock, rock, rock around your key. rock rock, rock around Shakespeare. If we're shocking you here, next week we do the hot king lear. Wherefore art thou my Romeo? If you dig me, come on and go, man, go. Romeo!
1: The Boy, rock around Romeo and Juliet. they really packing them in, eh? 25,000 people this show. Yeah, yeah, but... Ah, let's... later, later. I want to catch the rest of the show. That new kid Peggy Taylor sings good, huh? Eh? Yeah, good. But Mr. Mohammed, the Rancho Gomorrah. What about the Rancho Gomorrah? The book on the World Orchestra. The World Orchestra? Oh, that's so.
0: Sounds... <laughs> and it was big. Very big. The string section featured Yasha Heifetz, Yehudi Menuhin, the Budapest String Quartet, and Jack Benny. <laughs> on guitars, Les Paul, Andre Segovia, and Elvis Presley. <laughs> on horns, the entire brass section of the New York Philharmonic, plus Shorty Rogers and Wingy Manone. At the quadruple keyboards, Arthur Rubinstein, Joe Fingers Carr, Liberace, and Harry Truman. <laughs> oh yes, with Lawrence Welk on accordion. The whole thing, of course, was under the baton of Ina Ray Hutton. <laughs> and in the lounge, as an added attraction twice nightly, a lover's spat between Elizabeth Taylor and Mike Todd. The fact that the World Orchestra, et al., was such a smash hit that the Rancho Gomorrah had to tear out the walls to see 50,000 more people did not go unnoticed back at the El Sodom. Sam Mohammed and his sidekick, Nebi Konezzer, had the biggest scheme afoot yet. The El Sodom finished the largest swimming pool in the world in record time. It was so large, in fact an embarrassing number of guests perished trying to reach the other side. And it was only when the club realized that their cash customers were being lost at sea, or rather lost at pool, that they thoughtfully installed helicopter lifeguard
1: service. But the best was yet to come. Nebby, Nebby, I want a press conference in one hour. Uh, What is it, boss? Get all the wire services here. This is it. Florence Chadwick says she definitely will attempt to swim the pool.
0: Well, the great day is here. There are more than 300,000 people lining the banks of the El Sodom Pool, where any second now the the very great uh, Florence Chadwick will attempt... Off from here for now.
1: Take it away, Fred Norwalk, in helicopter number one. Uh, Fred Norwalk here. We can't quite see Miss Chadwick. We can, however, make out the Coast Guard cutters that are escorting her. Folks, I tell you, the view from here is really something. The magnificent Nevada scenery. The glorious sunlight reflecting off the slot machines lining the entire banks of the El Sodom Pool, placed there for the convenience of the spectators. Also alternating between the slot machines are telescopes, through which the customers may get a free look at Miss Chadwick every single time they hit the jackpot. Oh, uh, that noise you hear in the background is a slot machine here in the helicopter, being operated by our pilot, George Snoozov. I I still can't quite make out Miss Chadwick. Perhaps if we can get Jim Ryan over in helicopter number two to come in. He's flying at a lower altitude. Thank
0: you, Fred Norwalk. Jim Ryan here in helicopter number two. Will you hold down the slot machine there, Perry? Thank you. I can't see Miss Chadwick too well. Matter of fact, we can't see her at all. But we sure, we sure get a beautiful view of the now-famous floating craft games. We're going to switch forward to helicopter number three, our television plane. Perhaps they, through the miracle of electronics, can see Miss Chadwick. I know they're really way up there, so come in, Wings Badly, in helicopter number three. Wing Badly here in helicopter number three. We are really up here. I think we are as high as man has gone in a helicopter. Hope you can read me clearly as I am talking through my oxygen mask. Uh, George, can you switch on the telescopic lens yet on the camera? No? Well, keep trying. <laughs> So it went. It was quite a day at the El Sodom, and a good time was had by all, except, of course, at the Rancho Gomorrah. Oh, incidentally, Miss Chadwick didn't make it. (laughs) It was flatly denied by the Rancho Gomorrah boys that they had tampered with her hot, nourishing broth.
3: Well, Bruna, baby, you did such a good job tampering with Miss Chadwick's hot, nourishing (laughs) broth that we are thinking of giving you a raise.
2: Well, jeez, thanks, Mr. Belchamber.
3: You can call me Lou.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Lou. Hey, boss, boss.
3: Yeah, Flack. I, I got it all set up. Uh, we're going to make that Chadwick thing at the outside look like a Sunday school picnic. Did you set the deal? <laughs> you set it.
2: What's the pitch, Flack? What are we booking in?
3: The 1960 presidential inauguration on stage. Twice a night. They understand that, don't they? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's in the deal.
2: Okay. What do we call the show?
3: The Inaugurities of 1960.
2: <laughs> ah, what a title. Um, have you got the uh, choreography worked out?
3: Yeah. Get a load of this. Two lines of girls. Big, you know. Yeah. One line I got in Supreme Court justice robes. The other line is dressed in scanty versions of the suit the president will wear.
2: Oh, gee, that's great.
3: They all have their left hands on copies of the Nevada phone books and their right hands raised in the air like they're swearing in. Except they ain't swearing in, they're trucking on down. <laughs> uh, you know, it's got real class. Yeah. Well, what's the music like? Come on, they're rehearsing the show. <laughs> swear me in. Swear
2: me in. Swear me in. Swear me in, I got the inauguration blue. Clean out the White House, got those 1960 presidential inauguration Blue!
0: the inaugural was a stroke of genius, and what with coming on stage twice a night and being held over for eight weeks, this president was inaugurated more times than Franklin Delano Roosevelt. No show ever opened without critics, however, and there were a few. Luella Parsons took a dim view of the proceedings. They seated her behind a post. Back at the El Sodom, however, they took a dimmer view than Miss Parsons. Sam Mohammed, the El Sodom owner, was livid.
3: If those
1: bums at the Rancho Gamora think Sam Muhammad is going to take this lion down, they're out of their skulls.
0: We aren't whipped yet. Yeah, but, boss, we, uh, I think we're doing good business, harpooning a whale twice a night in the pool. <laughs> uh, good, but not great. Besides, we're running out of whales. Whales is hard to come by in Nevada. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, but, uh, I mean, haven't we been packing them in the lounge?
1: Oh, certainly. Grace Kelly's baby splashing in her bath in is a smash. But <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go bigger than that. Oh, what could be bigger than that? Plenty. Now, hand me those papers there, Nabby. huh? Now, what's the biggest thing in the headlines?
0: Now, let's see. Ah, this is it, right here. Why, why, this, there's nothing there but the Suez Crisis. Well,
1: that's it. We're going to book the Gaza Strip. (laughs) Boss, I mean, uh, we're going to move the club to the Gaza Strip? Nebby, my boy, you missed the point. Sam Mohammed doesn't have to go to the Gaza Strip. Here's a flash. The Gaza Strip is coming to
0: Mohammed. (laughs) Sam Mohammed, Las Perosis, Nevada's gambling biggie has booked an international incident into his plush nitery, the El Sodom. He is flying in by continuous airlift three-quarters of a mile of the Gaza Strip, complete with soldiers and implements of war. Yes, they cut it into hundred-foot sections and numbered the sections the way William Randolph Hearst used to move great treasures of art to San Simeon. The pictures of a hundred-foot section of sand with 14 Egyptian soldiers wearing full battle dress and bewildered looks being snatched off to Nevada (laughs) made the cover of life. And when it was pointed out to Sam Muhammad that the booking of a war into Los Verosies would cause many people to lose their lives,
1: he replied... People are going to have wars anyway. Why blame me?
0: (laughs) And on that philosophical note, the Gaza Strip was reassembled in the new Suez Room. (laughs) Built to accommodate three quarters of a million people in addition to the battle area. convenience of the soldiers, Sam placed crap tables, slot machines, and roulette wheels right between the front lines. You couldn't say Sam Muhammad wasn't a thoughtful man. You couldn't say he wasn't shrewd either. Just as protection in case the international incident was rained out, he had some interesting added attractions. In the lounge, a rare phonograph record of Adolf Hitler singing I didn't raise my boy to be a soldier. <laughs> And in the garage, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre with the original cast. (laughs) Now, you wouldn't book an international incident on stage complete with two armies, count them, two, and live ammunition without a chorus line and original music. And neither would Sam. Life for a chorus girl isn't easy to begin with, but there were extracurricular hazards for the El Sodom girls, including jumping in and out of foxholes gracefully and tap dancing on sand. (laughs) Due to unanticipated expenses, the El Sodom went over their budget. There was quite a turnover in dealers who had been forced to work the tables in no man's land. All in all, 228 dealers, croupiers, and shills bit the felt. <laughs> but so it wasn't a total loss. They sold the screen rights to Universal International with the tentative title, They Died With Their Shades On. <laughs> if you think the fellows at the Grand Chewamora were taking this
3: lying down, they were. Why the fool? Rub a little bit of that suntan oil between my shoulder blades will you, grown-up baby. I like got delicate skin.
2: <laughs> sure thing, Mr. Belshazzar. Hey, if you don't mind me saying so, you're taking this pretty calm for a man who just lost a quarter of a million people to the El Sodom. Boss,
3: boss, 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 I got it! You got what? The way we can top the El Sodom. So you got it all worked out, huh? Well, that's nice. Well, look, I mean... Booking the Gaza Strip hurt the old Sodom in the long run. The war got a bad press. It did a pretty good business. They packed them in.
0: Yeah, but the newspapers criticized them for booking a war. So, here's the way I figure it. We'll pull the big switch and book Peace. It'll be a smash. Look, I can see the headlines in Variety now. Peace, powerful box office, may start trend.
2: Gee, Mr. Belshazzar, that sounds great.
3: Shut up, grown-up baby. Laughter Listen, Flack, when I want your ideas, I'll ask for them. But, boss, you didn't let me finish. We'll we'll book a summit conference. We'll build our own summit. We'll plant grass on it. Where do we get the dirt? From the soil bank. I mean, they got lots of it. Okay, what do we put on the top of the summit?
0: Well, oh, I can see it now. We arrange some chairs in a sort of semicircle. Then you know what we do? We book in the world leaders to sit in them.
2: Yeah, and in between the chairs we put special slot machines that'll that take like old oh, francs, rubles, pounds, yen. This
3: part I like.
2: Then I'll have IBM start on the machines, huh?
3: Sit down, sit down, Bruna, baby. We ain't gonna do it. Why not? Because they booked one into Geneva and it laid an egg.
2: <laughs>
3: so we, we ain't gonna book peace. We can't take a chance on it. We're only going to go for a sure thing at the box office. Well, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to tear out the walls and make room for one million people. I'm through playing games with the El Saddam. I've been saving this for my Sunday punch.
0: Some Sunday punch. It was bigger than Los Feroces had imagined in their wildest dreams. And when the boys at the El Salvador saw the 500-foot neon sign go up at the Rancho Gomorrah, they could hardly believe it. The sign read, for all the world to see,
1: The Rancho Gomorrah proudly presents, for one time only, on stage, the hydrogen bomb.
0: Yes, everybody who thought he was anybody was there that night. In fact, there were more than a million people in the room when the gigantic machinery rolled back the roof and the great spotlight slowly slithered up the silver tower until it came to rest on that grim spectral object. I wonder if the boys were still counting their profits when time ran out and the man pushed the button.
3: A golden city, as the history writers all have penned. But her days were numbered in that heavenly book, and she pushed her own button in the end.
0: So concludes our fable, Incident at Los Verosis. And we'd really love to receive your comments. Sometime soon, we'll do another fable for you. Meanwhile, we'll all be back next week with, of all things, an interview with the abominable snowman, the inside story of the midnight rite of Paul Revere, and for you music lovers, the real lowdown on hi-fi in honor of Deafen Your Neighbors Week.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: plus uh, the, oh yeah, the LOX Audio Theater with a stirring psychological drama entitled Kick Me Tender.
2: <laughs>
0: so until next week, then, this is Stan Freeberg saying thanks for listening. God bless you, and good night.